I said it before, and I'll say it again. Russell Westbrook is a blackjack player on full tilt. He is constantly, constantly betting high, doubling down when he's not supposed to, splitting when he's not supposed to, and when he wins, it looks amazing, and he looks like a god. But when he loses, everybody is looking at him like, what the f*** is wrong with you? And that's not the way to play blackjack, and that's not the way to play basketball either. It's not a good way to play life in general. For years now, my camp... My side of the camp, my side of this argument has been trying to tell you this guy is reckless. He's not someone you can win with. At what point do you concede this argument Russell Westbrook stands? Please, I would love to know. Tell me. You can't win with him. As your leader, at least. Let's get into it. It's The Dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. Round one is finishing up, and we're learning a lot about who's for real and who is Fugazi. If you want, you can follow The Dime on Twitter at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and please leave a comment or review saying how much you love the show. The Dime Hotline is now open at 805-826-3463. That's 805-826-3463. Drop a comment, leave a question, comment, concern, anything. I will respond to it on air. I'll answer all your questions. But for now, it is time for me to introduce to you my guest. He is a host of the Four Seasons Podcast presented by Lineups also a contributor to Last Word on Sports and DYST Now. Everybody, please welcome back to The Dime, Zach Noble. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Happy to have you back on, man. It's been a while. I think you were on a couple, maybe like four months ago, beginning of the season, but uh, it's been yeah, a long time it was, coming. It was early. <laughs> definitely. No, it's definitely been one of my favorite shows to be on. I always like talking like a dress. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming back on. The NBA playoffs are in full force. And before we really, really get started, I threw some... Twitter polls out there, so let's do some pole dancing. My first question was, will Russell Westbrook ever lead a team out of the first round? This is not even championship, Zach. This is out of the first round. 59% said yes. 41% said no. Where would you have fallen on this poll? I'm astonished how many people said no, to be honest. Uh, it, it definitely, I have to think about it. I mean, he's He's, lost, he's about to lose his third straight here, and his playoff performance keeps going downhill. Uh, his PER, I mean, is down to a 14 in the playoffs this Ugh. year. It's it's pretty disgusting. I mean, he's not even an all-star type player right now. I, I mean, every every year since KD left, it's just depleting in the playoffs. It's been sad, and now everybody's had such high hopes for him going into this one, almost being... Um, the favorite in a 6-3 matchup, which is just crazy. But um, for me, I think, I mean, a lot of things have to change. Um, I've definitely lost a lot of hope. Russell, I've always been a Russell guy. I, I love him to death. Um, but he's definitely, I mean, every every year that goes by, my belief in his game and his ability to lead a franchise keeps going downhill. So yeah. um, the, the realist in me comes out. But I want to say it's going to be more like a Chris Paul type thing. Um, he's going to need a sidekick at John Wall when Bradley Beal has gotten better. Uh, really for things to get going. I mean, 
Paul George, I mean, I thought would be enough, but he's just been so bad, Russell Westbrook. I think in order for him to be considered a leader, that's the main word in this yeah. this poll here is lead. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be on a part of a team that makes it out of the first round, absolutely, but uh, will he have a completely different role? I think he's going to need to. I, I definitely think he'll forever be a semi-leader. I just, I'm not willing to say yes as the main leader, the 1A um, that he's going to do it, which is crazy to think. It's just the first round. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to have to be like a 1B role. Right. Um, so a co-leader, as you can say. But uh, I, I really want Russell to honestly change his game completely, which he's never shown any sign of adaptability whatsoever. So I don't know why you'd ever believe in me <laughs> that I think, I think he can do that. I just... Uh, I believe in Russell, and I believe in humanity a little too much, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the key word, like you said, is lead out of the first yeah, round. Right. And I'm actually surprised that 59% said yes, considering the series that they're having right now, they as in the Thunder. I would have said no. I, I'm with you, Zach. I mean, I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan. I, I will not deny his abilities. But for him to lead a team out of the first round, I think if you can't get it done against a lower-seeded Utah Jazz team, and against, don't get me wrong, Portland's the three-seed, but they were favored going into this round. I don't see how him getting older, being a leader, is going to be beneficial for him and getting out of the first round. I, I agree with you where it's going to have to be in a sense where he's a, the 1B, kind of like the Robin, to maybe even Paul George. It could be Paul George's team next year or maybe down the road, down the line later in his career, he kind of hops on another team and is a nice part of the team but isn't the leader. It's just crazy because talent-wise, I, I think the Thunder have more talent. And a lot of this I, I truly do put on Billy Donovan. I'm like the least biggest Billy Donovan fan there is uh, in the league. But, I mean, it, it's undeniable what Russell's doing. And he just takes so many bad shots and he misses so many of them and he keeps going. And his, his swag never wavers, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but tell me this. I mean, could you ever see him having a role like – a Rajon Rondo and just becoming a pass first guy because I think that's how he's got to do it. I mean, literally drop down to around 10 shots, 10, 12 shots, especially when he's not hitting them. I mean, if he's hitting them, he can catch on fire and, yeah. and go off. Uh, but no, I, I, I really I want his game to completely change. I can't, to be honest with you, because he doesn't think pass first. Someone like Rondo, is, he thinks pass first. That's his... That's his IQ. That's his way of thinking. Whereas Russell Westbrook, I just think he's 110% all the time. And sometimes that involves him taking 25, 30 shots. Now, I think he can develop into kind of like a Derrick Rose role, which I know you're familiar with because you're a T-Bulls fan, where he, he comes off the bench and he's kind of instant offense. And he, you know, he does bring some spark off of there later in his career. But, you know, who knows? I mean, he, he has to become self-aware, though. I think that's the most important thing for him. He has to become self-aware. <laughs> Self-aware and Russell Westbrook. That, that cracks me it up. It might come with maturity, man. <laughs> I, I want to bring up one last thing. It, it resurfaced yesterday. Back in 2016, um, a playoff interview, Russell Westbrook came out and said, um, Fred Katz asked him if uh, on why he doesn't watch film. And he goes, yep. my job is to worry about what I'm able to do, and hopefully they can stop that. I don't watch no damn film. Well, you should start watching film, Russell, because it could do you a lot of good in your career. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next uh, poll question I had was, assuming Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid stay together, will the Sixers ever, ever win a championship? 38% said yes, while 62% said no. That's a big number. I was kind of surprised. I thought this would be more 50-50. Where do you fall on this? Yeah, uh, I think a big part of this is a lot of people, I mean, are questioning either the health or they don't believe in Ben Simmons as right. much. 
Um, I guess there's so many question marks with this team going forward. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Joel Embiid has the talent to be a top three player in this league. He's a top seven guy right, oh, right yeah, now, absolutely. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. You th- do you think he could ever, like, he has the potential to be number one guy? I, I do. I think he is already. I just think he needs to stay healthy. That's the one downside with Embiid right now. Oh. I think he can be the best player on a championship team. He just has to be healthy. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, outside of Giannis, Harden, Steph, KD, like, Embiid's one guy that I think has the chance to be the best player in the NBA. I agree. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I definitely um, agree with that. So, with that said, though, I mean, if that were to ever come about, yes, those two can get it done, absolutely. And that's just with Ben being who he is and putting in decent role players around them, sure. But, like, them currently, this team as constructed right now, no, because it's going to take more time to adapt. I don't. I mean, I think they could get out of the East, and I definitely don't see them beating anybody in the West. Um, but I think if they bring the same team back next year, absolutely they could win it next year, in my opinion. Interesting. So the answer to that is yes. I think I would say yes, too. I think Ben Simmons also, if he develops some type of like mid-range game, you don't even have to shoot the three, but just have a respectable jump shot where you have to be guarded out in the perimeter. I think that would do wonders for the Sixers, and I think that they would have two elite generational talents on the floor at the same time, and I think it it could lead to a championship. Absolutely. All right, next question, final poll question. Will Damian Lillard ever win an MVP? Ever. 33% said yes, while 67% said no. What do you think, Zach? I'm surprised so many said yes, honestly. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely see him having a couple more, like, top three finishes. Uh, I if, Especially if he keeps coming in the playoffs like this, his respect levels will go up um, for the future regular seasons, which is huge. Uh, but... I personally think he has he has the ability to do it. I just don't see it ever happening um, because he's going to need a little better team around him, and I don't ever see him getting that good enough a team around him, I guess. Uh, I, the only comparison I would see winning an MVP-wise would probably be like an Allen Iverson. I mean, he'd need a year. Right. I think he's... I think he's going to push 28 points one year at least. Maybe he gets to 30, 31 averages, and... Uh, then the rest is the rest is history. If they get the fifty-five plus wins or something, I think it's possible. I, I could see that. I just I, my, my answer would be no. Yeah, I think I'd put uh, my money on no as well. I think he's a type who's probably going to finish top five here and there. Maybe have a season where it's top three in MVP voting, but his team's never going to be good enough, or he's just never going to be better than an Embiid. He's never going to be better than a Giannis. He's never going to be better than a Durant. You know what I'm saying? He's always going to be yeah. in the shadows, no matter how good of a season he has. But he is kind of having a coming out party. I think that you know, if they do finish the job, and we'll get into the series right now, you know, if the Blazers do finish this job, they are up three one against the Thunder right now. They have a good chance of beating the Nuggets or the Spurs, whoever they played next round, going into the Western Conference Finals, I do think he's going to be a dark horse MVP candidate next year. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on to uh, the OKC Blazers series. Right now, OKC's down 3-1. Russell Westbrook shot 5-21 for last night, man. It was a very, (laughs) very sore sight. Um, Now, 3-1 leads, they aren't insurmountable so do you think this series is over or do you just look at this series the way that Russ is playing the way the Thunder are playing and saying this is done insurmountable come on man <laughs> that's it's not insurmountable we haven't we've seen it happen I'm saying it is it isn't insurmountable oh, man. <laughs> I, I still think it is I mean yeah. especially this team they, they just 
their confidence just looks depleted and they, they just look scared out there. I, I honestly, from the beginning, I, I kind of thought this, but like I called the series over at two zero and I'm sticking okay. to that. Um, but what I'd said the Thunder are backing in if they went two two, absolutely. <laughs> right. Um, right. that's kind of, that's kind of where I lied, but, uh, Blazers have been playing too good and too consistent throughout the series. Their defense has been great. Uh, yeah, they've been just never gotten too worried when they um, struggled at times either. And I, I believe in this depth. And Terry Stotts is doing a heck of a job with his team. And I think it's it's a wrap for sure. Now, do you think Westbrook has always been the problem at OKC? I mean, obviously, going 5 for 21 doesn't really look good for him. But there's other problems with the team as well. Like, I would argue they don't they didn't really build the team around him the way they should have. You know, you should develop shooters around him. You should have people, snipers, out on the wing so he can drive and kick. I don't really think they developed the team as good as they could have. On top of that, Billy Donovan, I don't think, is the right type of coach for Russell Westbrook. I think Westbrook needs a type of coach who's going to scream at him and bench him if he starts going off and going crazy. So do you think it's more of a Westbrook thing or an organizational thing? Yeah, so like I said from the beginning, I've always like been the biggest Billy Donovan hater. I think he's bottom 10 coach in this Ooh. league. Yeah, I think he's really that bad. Um, I mean, defensively, he's great. Um, I love what he's done for this defense. He's even made Russell into a plus defender uh, for most of the time he's being there. But um, his offense is and offense is more important than the NBA, in my estimation. Um, and his offense is in the bottom five. He has no idea what he's done in the offense, and it's never improved. Uh, ball movement schemes, just anything. Uh and yeah, I mean, that might be, you could put it on personnel a little bit, um, but I, I thought they had enough talent and they were showing it at times um, throughout the year, their talent was exceeding the fit. And that's, yeah. that's the big thing for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Russell in the playoffs, I mean, he's easy one to point the finger at. Paul George hasn't been good, very that's good true. at all either. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it comes down to the stars and, um, I thought Steven Adams would come out and make a much bigger difference, but um, these bigs in Portland have been very impressive and been able to hang um, with Steven Adams. Uh, they're just getting a lot more overall production, but I mean, when you got Westbrook shooting 38% his last three trips to the playoffs, yeah, uh, and I'm a firm believer as like basic stats and statistics in the playoffs, like if you're just looking at those and you're not watching the games, you're going to be wrong. It doesn't matter. Like, you can ha- everybody's stats go down the playoffs besides literally one to three players, and it's very rare they go up. Um, so when you when you look at the playoffs, you got to look at it as seven games, and you only really need to have three or four good or great ones um, to have a good series or an equal good playoffs, and that can turn out to be where your basic stats aren't good. But Russell, I mean, yeah, last year he had basically two. <laughs> he had two great games last <laughs> yeah. year, and that doesn't he's one away. So you got to figure out it's still just too inconsistent, and that's not getting it done. Yeah, it's unfortunate, too, because he's getting older now. I mean, he's 30 years old, and I think for the first time, I mean, I started thinking about his age, which is a big factor, especially with a point guard. If you lose a step in this league, you're not going to be the same point guard that you are. I mean, especially someone like Russ. I mean, he's someone who uses his athleticism, his explosiveness, and once he loses that, I don't know how much longer his prime is going to last. So 
I, I think years like this are being wasted. I mean, last year they played Utah in the first round. They had Carmelo Anthony. There was big expectations. This year, Paul Pierce is, I mean, not Paul Pierce, Paul George is an MVP candidate. There's big expectations. And it's like all these years are being wasted. And I think a lot of it is Westbrook and the way he plays. But a lot of it is also Billy Donovan, like you said. A lot of it is also the organization not putting around, not putting shooters around him or Stephen Adams having uh, subpar series against Enos Cantor and Zach Collins and and on and these uh, bigs from Portland. So there's a lot to do with it. I, I would say Russ is probably the main problem, though. Yeah, I just think they can still run way more actions with Russ and Paul George, Russ and Stephen Adams, Russ and Markeith Morris. Um, but instead, I mean, it's just too much trying to free flow, and Russ is – his mind moves way too fast for yep. other players to adjust, and it just doesn't work like that. I mean, another, another stat, he's, he's one of the last 15 playoff games since Kevin Durant left. He's only had one where he shot 50% or better. I mean, That's terrible. It's just bad shots, and they're not yeah. creating them and getting them the looks he needs. Yeah, that's terrible. Now, what do you think about Paul George? Do you think he's regretting staying? <laughs> because he was so yeah, adamant he, about staying and having a good time. He seemed right. to like Russ. And right now, I mean, these press conferences are so weird. You've been watching the press conferences where they're just silent? Yeah. It's so weird. It, it's, it's, and that's one thing where I've lost a lot of respect for Russ. Um, yeah. Being a, a big Russ guy, just whether you like his game or not, like I've always liked him as a person. But uh, his beef with trammel uh, just doesn't get doesn't hit home i mean that's setting a bad precedence for the future and just for players right now i mean it's he's got to grow up a little bit and the dude's 30 it's you never want to say that about somebody yeah i mean he's never gonna grow up if you're 30 years old and you're still acting that <laughs> way right i mean come on right. at some point you got it this is who you are and paul george is just kind of going along with it too but it makes me wonder if he's like prisoner you know if he's just doing it because that's his teammate and he really doesn't want to do it because paul george is known as a nice guy around the league and he's kind of going along with it so to me it's 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 weird to watch i, I don't think paul george is happy at all i think he's kind of regretting his decision to stay do you, I personally think Paul George has got to realize he's got to take a little blame on himself. Yes. I, I would I'd love for Paul George. He still have never been a constant killer over, and he has the game to do it. He just needs to take 20-plus shots a game, and um, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think he has that in him um, emotionally and uh, mentally, I guess, because uh, he, he just – he always says he just lets the game come to him. He's never been a – a play or a structured guy and yeah uh he i think he actually needs that in order to thrive and um he needs, he needs to change some things and look in the mirror himself but um if you're okay see i mean what do, what do you do to even move forward i mean what, what's your thoughts i mean what can they do i don't know they're stuck with russ for the next four years uh I, <laughs> you they <laughs> you know, they have him signed to this huge deal for four years i'm sure if he's still playing, you know, putting up triple doubles or close to it within the next year or two, you probably could trade him. But I don't think they will. You know, Donovan's probably gone. I You would have to think he's gone after another first-round exit. It's just not working out. Maybe right. you get a stricter coach, somebody who's not going to take Russ's crap and is going to say, listen, this is not your team anymore. This is Paul George's team. Because I think that's the only solution. I think that's the only way that the Thunder can move forward and build a championship contender. You know, the Warriors are not going to be together forever. The West is going to be a little bit open right now, and right now the Nuggets aren't impressing me like I thought they would. 
Uh, the Blazers have come around pretty strongly, but I don't think that they're uh, a juggernaut in the Western Conference. I think the West is still kind of a little open. The Rockets have a window that I think is going to close pretty soon, and I think you can make the case that OKC, if they hire the right coach, if they start using Paul George as their leader and Russell, Russell Westbrook falls back a little bit, that maybe they can build a championship contender, but it has to happen right now. They need to fire Donovan, right. and they need to hire the right coach, and they need, to hire, they need the right system, or else it's never going to work. You got it. No, I, I think their personnel, I mean, they still have the guys that can find a way to get to the second, third round if they change some things that, that I don't necessarily think are going to change. But the only move, I mean, Paul George, I don't see him demanding a trade uh, next year, but I mean, I could see him sooner than later. Um, and if you trade Russell Westbrook, you lose Paul George. That's the that's a guarantee. Right. The only reason why Paul George is there is because of Russell Westbrook. Um, so you can't trade Russ until... Um, Paul were to ask to be out and then dominoes might start to fall and but you're not going to get much better players than Russ and Paul George in OKC so um, you kind of got to try to make this work as much as you can and for me the one thing that sticks out the glaring thing I mean you obviously start with Billy Donovan try to find yeah. the perfect coach and if there is one out there um, and then the next move is Steven Adams I think he's very replaceable I think they'd be just fine with Nerlens Noel like a Markeith Morris, Jeremy Grant going very small. Um, but his contract's so big, it's $24 million, and I think he still has a lot of upside. I think he's a guy uh, like Nurkic. A lot of people see a lot of upside. I personally think Nurkic has a way, way higher potential. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. Steven Adams' defense, he's a good rim protector and uh, just a solid player on your team where I think he's a tradable piece. Uh, if you're thinking like a team that's trying to go young and uh, just wants a, a block that doesn't really care about the salary, I look at a team like Cleveland, for instance. If they're not, they don't start winning. Like you could try to find a package for Kevin Love. I would dream to have those three guys play together, um, and Kevin Love would probably be interested in something like that. Um, or else you're just package Stephen Adams for a bunch of role players uh, and build that depth get the right pieces around Russ and Paul George. Uh, but other than Steven Adams, there's nobody that's tradable on this team in my estimation. No, I agree with you. So this is going to be a very interesting offseason for the Thunder. I think probably their last stand. I mean, I think they have to make all the right moves or else, you know, they're gonna their window's going to shut and it's going to shut very, very quickly. Let's move on to uh, the Sixers-Nets series. This has been my favorite series, and not because I'm a New Yorker or, or, or anything <laughs> like that. This has been my, the most entertaining series for me, and that's because of Jared Dudley versus Ben Simmons. This is the rivalry that I did yeah. not know I needed. It's exactly what the NBA needs in every single series. I love it. I don't care that Ben Simmons is infinitely better than Jared Dudley. This is amazing, and it's made it so much more entertaining for me. And I wish the Nets would have won, man. I wish the series was 2-2, but it's not. It's 3-1 Sixers. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on Ben Simmons as a player because he's pretty polarizing right now. He had 31 points in a game, was it game three, after Jared Dudley called him average. He had a pretty solid game in game four, but, you know, he's pretty polarizing right now. Where do you stand on Ben Simmons? Yeah, who would ever have thought the rivalry of the first round would be Jared Dudley versus Ben Simmons? Nobody! (laughs) Not Westbrook versus Lillard. Yeah! I'm, I'm taking this for sure. Uh, Westbrook misses way too many shots to make that a rivalry. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, no, Ben Simmons, we actually, our last show, we had uh, Spike from Philly on. Um, that was a lot of fun. We literally went into Ben Simmons about 20, 30 minutes. And 
people think they look at his numbers and they say he hasn't improved at all this year, but I, I really believe he has. I think he's taken a, a big jump and uh, being more aggressive and being uh, just a better overall decision maker and just becoming more polished in, in what he does. And I, I think he can um, continue to grow to be a top 15, even maybe a top 12 player in this league by not having a jump shot. If he just becomes great at everything else, what he does do. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you ever wanted to unlock even more potential and become, like, a top five player in this league, yeah, he absolutely needs a jump shot. I think he'd be the best uh, player in the league. I'm not, I, honestly, I think he could be the best player in the league if he develops a three-point shot. Right, but Willie, I don't know. And that, and that's the one thing we, we talked about and harped on is, like, uh, we all believe he's right-handed. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've heard, yeah. I'm, I'm on to this. Like, okay. It, it, it's a real thing. And, for instance, his, his brother is his trainer, so it's like, He's not a guy that's necessarily going to um, push him to change at all. Um, they're happy in their ways. He's a yeah. guy that uh, doesn't like to be criticized and um, wants just wants to be known as being great and doesn't want any major setbacks. So he tries. He's not a big risk taker, and it's really apparent. Uh, and the guys that become great and have a massive amount of potential are risk takers at first. You got to make a lot of mistakes to learn where you can grow um that's that's just life in general um so it, it, it's tough for me but he's an amazing defender um he, he i think he can be a leader of a team um whether it's uh, not necessarily verbally uh, but um just his role on the court leading by actions and not by words but uh yeah i mean he's, he's a guy you need the perfect pieces around right yeah. now yeah, okay. where, where are you at I'm I'm the same as, as you. I don't think he's improved as much as I think you say he did because I feel like the improvements would have come with the jump shot. He seems like he's the same exact player as last year, which is a solid player, which is a very, very good player. But looking at his ceiling, for me, it's like, man, I, I wish you were closer to that ceiling than you were last year, and I don't feel like he is. But I feel like, you know, he's still young. He's only in his second year, technically, <laughs> playing in the NBA. Right. So, I mean, by year four, by year five, I think if he develops any type of respectable outside jumper, he could be the best player in the league. I'm, I, he has court vision like no other. He's a very good defensive player. He's long. He's athletic. He's quick. He's great off the break. You know, right now, I think there's some truth in what Jared Dudley say, that he's average in the half court. I wouldn't say he's average, but I think that's his, his weakness. You know, when you get him in the half court and you can sag off of him, you know, you can cause some problems for the Sixers. So, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of him, though. I, I, I'm i not on that side where I think he's incredibly overrated. I don't think he's that overrated, but I think he needs no. to evolve, and I think that's where the frustration lies with a lot of people who call him overrated. Right, and now one thing I want to say is, like, he's one of the greatest rookies of all time. Uh, yeah, he had a year in the league before that. I don't, I don't care. I mean, he had a, it's playing on the court. It's completely different. Yeah. Uh, and he was one of the greatest rookies of all time. So your margin of growth at that point is very, very small. I mean, his leaps are going to come a little further down the road here. So um, if if they want to, but I mean, he's already. I, I believe he's a top twenty-five player in the league. Oh, yeah. Maybe go to top thirty. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's comfortably, comfortably in there and, uh, definitely helps lead to a lot of wins. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now this series is three, one. I asked about Ben Simmons before I even asked about the result of the series, but I guess to say it, it's safe to say it's over, right? The Nets are not coming back. They're not winning three, three in a row against Philadelphia. No, no, uh, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I think Philly ends it in game five. 
Um, yeah. I originally predicted six. So, um, uh, yeah. And Nets, Nets could have got one last game, but uh, I'm just so excited for the East in the second round. Oh, I can't wait. first round overall hasn't been great. No. Um, and Which is pretty disappointing because I thought there were some matchups uh, to be much better than they have been. Uh, where, where are you at with Philly in general? Do you, I mean, how so, far do you think they can get? Yeah, so that was my next question for you. They're going to play the Raptors next series. I honestly think the Raptors make semi-quick work of them. I think the Raptors would win that series in five or six. I just think there's wow. a lot of chemistry issues with Philadelphia. I don't think they really have an identity from game to game. Like, it could be one game it's Ben Simmons and he's, you know, passing and moving the rock. The other game it's Joel Embiid and then one game it's Tobias. Like, to me, it's it's too much confusion. Their roles aren't defined and their bench is terrible. And I think against a team like Toronto, who's very deep, who's very good defensively, I think they're going to cause a lot of fits for the Sixers. And with Joel Embiid not healthy, I just really don't see a way where the Sixers could win four out of seven against Toronto, um, to me, who I think is probably the most well-rounded team in the East outside of maybe the Celtics when they're clicking. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I, I, think, I think the Sixers, to be honest with you, are, are, are the worst team of the four left. What do you think about them? You know, um, I just I think they're all so close. My pick from the, I mean, the beginning uh, of the playoffs, that is, um, was the Raptors um, and very by, but I'm not going to be shocked if any of those four come out of the right, East. Right. Uh, I think the talent, the talent is there. They only played together 10 full games. I mean, and Brett Brown, um, I'm not a big fan of his either. Uh, and I'm a huge believer in coaching. Uh, and I think it's super important. I just think that's going to be a big difference maker uh, when it comes to Nick nurse, who I think is going to be great at making adjustments. He's, a well-rounded guy, and this team is polished. This Raptors team is polished, yep. as you're um, alluding to. And uh, I just, I just think Kawhi is in robot mode right now, and he's he's on a mission. <laughs> uh, and it's and it's going to be tough. As as for Embiid, though, uh, I want to note, like, I think this is as healthy as he's going to be. Honestly, you oh, don't go out and have 31, I 7, know. and 6. It's yeah. sad to say because I'm yeah. a huge Embiid guy. I went to KU, but uh, if he's playing the way he is and putting up the numbers he is, like just because he's missing a game or two, I think they're being more cautious than not. I think they knew they'd come out and they could be great without him uh, against the Nets, that is. I'll be shocked if he misses any games, and they just want to make sure he's as close to being able to play every game to that level um, in the next round. So I think it's smart if that's their strategy, uh, but... Yeah, it's, it's going to be super interesting. J.J. Reddick's been getting really exposed in these yeah. playoffs, and that's been the big big thing for me. So uh, Tobias, Jimmy, they've both been pretty damn good overall, and I've been very happy with that. So uh, Ben's getting better as the games go. It, it's going to be super interesting. I'm going to go Raptors in seven, honestly. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Raptors in six, just out of respect to Philadelphia, because my, my gut's telling me five, but five is way too short, and I think Philly has right. too much talent to lose another series in five like they did last year. So, I don't know. It's going to be fun. We'll see. Um, let's take a commercial break. When we get back, I have the Dime versus Prime Time segment that I usually do, and then we'll talk Celtics and the Rockets. So, stay tuned. It's the Dime. I'm here with Zach Noble. Listen, we all know sports are more fun when they're social, but what if I told you you could connect with other sports fans who are tuned into the same game as you? Regardless of where you are, you no longer have to be in the same room to enjoy the game with fans just like you. Introducing Sportscaster. Not only can you broadcast live and watch a game with whoever joins your stream, but you can also announce the game yourself. It's your turn to be the color commentator. 
Start a stream about a game that's live right now, and Sportscaster will make you look like you're on the big screen, complete with graphical scoreboards and play-by-play updates all in real time, and updated faster than what's shown on cable. Sportscaster offers real-time scoreboards of games from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, college basketball, and even the English Premier League and WNBA. Download the Sportscaster app. That's Sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, no E, or go to Sportscaster.com and register to become a Sportscaster yourself. When you get there, follow me at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore, and let's watch some games together. That's Sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R, available in your app store now. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Dime. If you want, you can follow Dime on Twitter at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Call into The Dime hotline at 805-826-3463. Leave a question, a comment, anything you'd like. I'll respond to it. I'm here with Zach Noble. Zach, where can everybody follow you on Twitter, and where can everybody find your Four Seasons podcast? Yeah, you got it. So on Twitter, it's just Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, but lineups is where a lot of my work goes out to, lineups podcast. Um, where you're going to find us mainly is on iTunes, Apple, uh, but then we're on every other major channel, um, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, you'll find us. All right, sounds good. Let's get into a segment I like to call the dime versus prime time. The dime versus prime time. The debate is over when Josh says it's over. So basically, I'm going to play a few audio clips from debate shows that we all love and all love to criticize and talk about. This one is from Charles Barkley. This was on Get Up in on ESPN. He's talking about the Blazers here. Let's hear what he has to say. You're sleeping on the Portland Trailblazers. They were my pick to get out of the West. I still think they will get out of the West. So so do not sleep on the Portland Trailblazers. The addition of Ennis Cantor and Rodney Hood to go with McCallum and Lillard, I, I think they've been, they've been the most underrated team in the NBA all year. I'm going with the Portland Trailblazers to win the West. All right, there you have it. He says the Portland <laughs> Trailblazers are going to win the West. What say you, Zach Noble? Oh, I, I've listened to that one. I've heard that. Ray, Ray, Ray McCallum? When did he come back? He <laughs> was a one-and-done guy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, I love Chuck. He's, he's a big dummy. Uh, but he proves it right there. Uh, <laughs> I think they can get to the conference finals. So do I. I the road's can... paved, man. The road's paved right. for the conference finals. Absolutely, and uh, maybe Chuck gets lucky and Steph for KD goes down, and maybe that's the, the only chance in hell they got at getting any games. So, well, what if uh, what if the Rockets beat the Warriors? You think they have a chance against the Rockets? This is all hypothetical now. The Rockets right, beat right. the Warriors, and then the Rockets Blazers Western Conference Finals. Yeah, so and I'm a pretty firm believer the Rockets don't have much of a chance, um, but I Ooh. do believe the Rockets are the second best team in the NBA, um, and. Until, I mean, if the Warriors were to lose another one against the Clippers or um, somehow the Rockets started falling apart, then I might believe the Rockets have a chance. Or, yeah, sorry, the Rockets uh, start falling apart. Uh, then I might believe uh, they have a chance against the Warriors. Um, but honestly, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they have. <laughs> I, I don't think the Blazers have. I think 
if the Blazers played the Rockets, I think it would be a five-game series right now as well. Interesting. All right, sounds good. So here's the next clip. It's Kendrick Perkins. I didn't even know he was on these things. He's talking about Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, and he's comparing him to Michael Jordan. This may sound crazy, but Kawhi Leonard reminds me of Michael Jordan. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not comparing him to Mike, but if you watch the way he plays, his style, the way he plays the game on both ends, he can have a game that mimics Michael Jordan. He's not all the way fancy. He gets to his spots. He got nice turnarounds, big hands, palm the ball. And on the defensive end, like, he's just – He's probably the best in the game. So what do you say to that? Kendrick Perkins says that his style's like Jordan. Not so much that he is Michael Jordan, but his style's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, no, and honestly, Michael's one of the top guys of all time that I can think of in this category. Uh, But Kawhi might be even better for being able to get to his spots any way, anywhere he wants, any time. Um, It's unbelievable. And every time he gets steps foot in the playoffs, he proves himself as to how he can do it, and just nobody can stop him from getting to where he wants. That's why I call him a robot. I mean, yeah. not only because of who he is emotionally and mentally as a person, but his game is very robotic. Uh, I, I can't think of anybody that are, that's been better at getting to their spots in, honestly, NBA history. Yeah, I think that's actually a very interesting comparison. I think a lot of people pull back when they hear Jordan, but I do think he is right. I mean, he's not as quick or as explosive as Jordan, I think Jordan was a little more creative, but I mean, the way he gets to his spots, the way he plays defense, just the whole nature of his game, I think is very similar to Jordan. So I, I kind of, I, I like that comparison. I do. Absolutely. And look at Ken, Kendrick Perkins out here trying to build his brand. Okay. We see you, Kendrick. We see you. <laughs> All right. Moving on. This is Nick Wright. He's talking about the Boston Celtics chances playing the Milwaukee Bucks next round. Milwaukee is a different animal. Milwaukee, there's a reason. They're the only team in the league. Forget They're the only team in the league with top five offense and defense, except they have third-ranked offense, number one defense in basketball. You think Indiana's a good defensive team? Milwaukee, over the course of the year, was better. Milwaukee is not limited and is offensively and is not a team that is going to be clanging wide-open three-pointers the way Indiana was. And when you say if they go there and take one of those first two games, this will be the first series – Boston has to start on the road since 2016. Do I think they're going to go to a rusted Milwaukee with the probable league MVP and steal home court advantage in the first two? No, I don't. All right, there we have it. That's Nick Wright saying that he doesn't <laughs> think the Celtics have a chance against the boss, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's shift over to talking about the Celtics. I wanted to talk about them. They just swept the Pacers. Let's talk about that next series. It's going to be Bucks and Celtics. There's no way the Pistons come back from a 3-0 deficit. Right. That is insurmountable. So what are you looking for in this series? What do you think about what Nick Wright said, and do you think the Celtics have a chance against the Bucks? So, first of all, Nick Wright's my guy. Uh, I love him. Out of I, I like him a lot. Out of Kansas City. That's yeah. where he got his career started. But uh, the Bucks are a different animal. No shit. The Pacers aren't an animal. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Pacers, no, right. The Pacers they're what are they a lap car in the Indy 500 or something like that? There you go. <laughs> hey, that's, that's there we go. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, Fugazi, that's the word that's been sticking with me this whole conversation. <laughs> opening it with Fugazi. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean the Bucks are uh, the beast. They're the best of the East for sure. I mean, they, they're unreal. And uh, honestly. Bud has been the coach of the year. Yes. Just he's 
he's coached in the playoffs, made a deep run. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I mean, top to bottom, I mean, they have experience. But, I mean, this team as a whole has never been out of the run. Um, and honestly, call me crazy, but the Celtics, I mean, look as good as everybody expected yes. outside of Gordon Hayward. Say um, it, Zach. I mean, Say it. He's, he's coming around <laughs> inch, inch by inch. He's not back yeah. to 100% Gordon, but he's getting there. Yep. And honestly, yep. see, I pegged the Celtics from the beginning of the year to to oh, win wow. the East. Yes. Uh, before the playoffs, <laughs> I said I went back to the Raptors. But yep. honestly, before the playoffs, I also picked. Okay. This is before the Celtics were looking good. I yep. also picked the Celtics to beat these uh, freaking Bucks. And I do think the Celtics are going to beat the Bucks in seven again. Yes, yes, Zach, I am with you. I am with you on this. I actually picked the Love Celtics. It. I picked the Celtics to win the East. I did. I Love it. I was on the same train as you, where I was like, okay, listen, they they have the highest ceiling. They have the most talent in the league. And when the playoffs come, I think they're going to get it together. I think they got it together against the Pacers. They swept the Pacers, and it's not like I, I know they didn't have Victor Oladipo, but I feel like. They got their groove back a little bit. Gordon Hayward's playing a lot better, and they have the highest ceiling out of any team in the East. They do. They're good yep. defensively. I think they're gonna. I think their attitude in general, like they have dogs. They have uh, Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier. Like, and if Marcus Smart was playing, I'd be even more confident because I feel like they are really gonna bother uh, the Bucks and whatever they want to do offensively. They're gonna, you know, bother. Giannis, mm-hmm. and I, I just feel like the matchups are good. I think that, you know, Brooke Lopez has expanded his game, but Al Horford could come out in the perimeter and guard Brooke Lopez. It's not like that's going to be too much of a mismatch. And then on the opposite end, Brooke Lopez is going to have to guard Horford, so I feel like that's a mismatch that the Celtics can exploit. I just feel like the matchups are good. I like the Celtics, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear someone on my side with this, finally. finally. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I feel the same way, man. I really do. So, when you look at it across the board, like, they all have major question marks. I mean, First of all, all, the Raptors, I mean, it's Kyle Lowry. There's, I mean, second and third best yep. player. He's always struggled. And this, this team, I mean, Nick Nurse is a new coach. But um, Kawhi is the big question mark. How far is his foot out the door? And it's hard to um, stay focused when you have a foot out the door. The Sixers, they haven't played together. They're, I mean, nobody knows what they are. Super inconsistent. You got the yep. Bucks who have never won in the playoffs with this group. Um, super young. And the Bucks have always been exposed um, by the Celtics, especially Al Horford. I mean, he's done an amazing job um, helping out on Giannis. And um, the Celtics have a, the pieces to help contain him. And it's not like um, Giannis is in full form right now rolling because he hasn't had to be. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's going to play a factor. I mean, he's going from the worst team in the playoffs to a team that, honestly, there's five teams that are more deserving than the Pistons that should be in the playoffs. Without Blake Griffin, I think they're absolutely terrible. Yep. Um, and uh, they're they're in for a rude awakening. Uh, but I mean, it won't shock me if they come out and dominate the Celtics either. But I just I, I truly believe the Celtics are rolling. They're only going upwards and um, all all around. Every every player. Uh, Marcus Smart's a big deal with the depth wise, but I think that's the why you have strength in numbers. I mean, to make up for that. So. Um, I'm not too worried about it. I think Malcolm Brogdon, if he doesn't play, that's even bigger on the other side. Yep. 
I agree. I agree, man. I, listen, I think the playoffs are a whole different animal. And I don't even say from an experience standpoint. I just mean from an intensity standpoint, from a chess match standpoint. I think um, Budenholzer is a really good coach. And I think Brad Stevens is a good coach as well. But it's different when you're seeing a team, you know, for the third time, for the fourth time, for the fifth time, sixth. You get what I'm saying? Like, this is not a regular season game. This is the playoffs. There's going to be a chess match between two coaches who I think are very good. You know, I think the tendencies for the Bucks are going to show. And I, I think the Celtics are going to exploit them I think you know it's a team like the Bucks you roll through the regular season you play very well because you kind of snuck up on a lot of teams but they're not going to sneak up on the Celtics I'm not saying it's going to be an easy series I just think the Celtics are better I think they win this in I would say seven I'll give the Bucks respect and say seven but you know Kyrie to me is the best closer in the series I think Gordon Hayward's playing way better than he has been in the beginning of the season and outside of Giannis I don't really think this Bucks have that much more talent than the Celtics no, they, I mean, they just have been playing like a Polish team all year. That's the big advantage. I mean, right. They, they've been fully formed all year, but I mean, losing one of their, arguably um, their second best player in Malcolm Brogdon is is huge. I mean, because yeah. Giannis is, will get slowed down in the playoffs and um, his game changes a lot. And I, I still think he's got a couple more playoff runs where he's going to, I mean, struggle and learn to overcome these hurdles. I mean, it, it's step by step. And I'm not a guy that, anoints players too quickly or anoints teams um and they got to earn their stripes um and the celtics have proven theirs i'll tell you that i agree i agree all right so let's move on to the last team i kind of want to discuss with you and that's the rockets they won game three with harden playing terribly shooting three for 20 uh was that a good sign for you if, if you're a rockets fan i know you just mentioned before that you don't think they can beat the warriors so I guess let's just tie that all together. Is that a good sign that they can win a game with Harden not playing well? and Or do you think that's a bad sign that he's even having these games to begin with and that that could be their demise in the yeah. next round? Yeah, I, first of all, I want, I want to tweak that a bit. So okay. uh, you, you said playing terribly, and a lot of people are out there because it's, it's the easy thing to do, but he didn't play terribly. He shot terribly. That's fair. Uh, and, and that's why they still won the game. The dude had six steals. Uh, he played great on defense. They held him to low hundreds and points. Uh, this team is that's that's why you you build great teams. And this Rockets team, they played terrible defense to the last 15, 20 games of the season, and they're back to being the elite defense that they were last year, which got them to seven games against the Warriors. And that's what really impresses me because yeah, they they might miss twenty seven threes again. What I mean. But you want to be in that situation where the game's close enough right. so you have a chance. And James Harden hit the buckets when it mattered, had the big ones, and he still uh, made a lot of free throws. He got to the line. That's what, what great players do. Nobody's going to be perfect every game in the playoffs. And like I said, you only need three or four good or great ones, and that's what James Harden's had most of most of his career. Yeah. Um, and that's why he is a pretty dang good playoff performer versus – um, a lot of people being giving the lazy take of that stereotype. So, yeah, it, when you ask me, does it excite me that the, he had a bad shooting performance and the team still won? Absolutely. Now, that should excite you. You should be ecstatic. Um, you just don't want to see another one or two or three of those, and then <laughs> it can turn into a bad series real quick. But um, I think his confidence sky high. He played basically uh, two perfect games before that, and, um, they're they're locked in for sure, and I, I just like what the rest of the team is doing. I mean, they're they're sharing the ball and having a lot of fun doing it. 
um, confidence is sky high. They just they have they have that feeling and vibe to them. So I, I get why uh, people are really leaning towards the Rockets. So many people are on them, um, and I'm just it, it's hard for me to go against this talent the Warriors have because um, it's it's just undeniable. They're the best talent, most talented team of all time. Yeah. I mean, they're not playing like it as a collective whole. No, I yeah. mean they did last year. I think they were the greatest team of all time and. Um, until they get taken down, I'm not leaving it unless I see some major, major signs here. Yeah, and I at the end of the day, I'm going to pick the Warriors to win the series. My thing is, though, is the Warriors too often don't play like the best team of all time, even though I do Correct. think they are, if that makes any sense. I mean, the best team of all time doesn't blow a 31-point lead to an 8 yes. seed at home. You know, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, but to me, you know, if they're clicking, if they're rolling on all cylinders, I absolutely do think the Warriors should win this series. But we don't know if that's going to happen. So I'm going to ask you, what percentage do you think the Rockets have at winning the series? Obviously, you're picking the Warriors. It sounds like you're going uh, confidently saying the Warriors. But, you know, maybe like 30%, 40% chance, maybe lower than that? Yeah, so honestly, the next game matters uh, for the Warriors, for me, watching KD. Uh, it's the only, the only big question I've had this whole series, and he showed it in a game or two already, where how many feet are out the door? I mean, how many toes are out the door, I guess. Right, right. Um, so I, I firmly believe he's leaving. I firmly believe he has one foot, I mean, or at least three, four toes out the door. <laughs> uh, so, and, it, no, and if you look back at history, it doesn't work. No matter how talented your teams are, if somebody's foot is out the door, um, shit gets messed up and complicated. Um, so, I, right now, I'm giving the Rockets about a 20% chance, 20, 30% chance. Interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, but I, I honestly I, I could change pretty quickly. And the playoffs, like every game, matters. <laughs> yeah, it so does. It, it's 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 gonna talk to me in a week, and we'll see. But um, yeah, I I think it's gonna go seven though, which is crazy. Which is crazy. I, I say twenty percent chance, but I still say a seven game series. Okay, so like that's I still see that how that's possible because you're so confident they'll win a game seven at home. That makes Correct. Sense. Yeah. Yes. All right, interesting. What about you? I, I think the Rockets have like a 35% chance, a little higher than you okay. do. Uh, I liked last year's team a little better. I thought they were better cohesively. I think they were better defensively last year. This year, it, there's just something that's not clicking for me. I can't explain it. They don't have like that it factor. I think they need to take down the Warriors. And I think DeMarcus Cousins going down was kind of a blessing in disguise. Not that DeMarcus Cousins isn't great, but I just think that they can breathe a little bit and get back to what they were last year. Don't have to worry about incorporating this new guy who has this immense amount of talent in and keeping him happy. There's one less mouth to feed, and I think that's going to benefit the Warriors. Wow. Okay, I can handle that. All right, sounds good. Well, Zach, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you joining me again for the dime. Yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. I always enjoy it and um, enjoy these playoffs. It's going to be nuts. One more time, plug your podcast, plug your Twitter, all that good stuff. Yep, four seasons. It's four SZNS, um, and you can catch me on Twitter, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. I'm pretty active. Love to hear from you guys, and um, find us anywhere. Uh, But 6 o'clock every Thursday if you want a scheduled time. Uh, we're on Dash Radio. Thanks again, Jack. There you go. Four Seasons. It's a really good podcast. I'm subscribed to it. I listen to it. Him and his co-host, Ryan, they do a great job. Definitely worth the listen. If you want, you can follow The Dime at The Dime NBA on Twitter. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. All that good stuff. Please subscribe. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you soon with another episode. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.